I came up with the name of the podcast, so it's intellectual property. <laughs> None of your properties should be deemed intellectual. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second edition of SOA Shorts. I am one of your hosts, Ian Rice, and with me, as always, Mr. David Hudson. David, how are you, sir? At what point are we going to have SOA pants? I told you to knock that shit off with the puns, all right? And now I feel that everybody's ganging up on me, not only here, but in the uh, group texts and in the Patreon and really uh, resting their luck with me on this issue. <laughs> Tell me not to do something, Ian. It's like throwing gasoline on it. Just FYI. I know. You're the equivalent of Stewie on Family Guy. Mom, mama. That's <laughs> just over and over again. You're just a button pusher. I am. I admit it, though. So, Yeah, I mean, you are upfront about it, and that's uh, admirable. But so we are here today, David, to quickly... Get out there and discuss, much like we did on the first edition of SOA Shorts, and we discussed the single then, we're going to discuss the most currently released single, and that is Cross Your Fingers. And uh, I'm going to let you go first with your take on this one, actually. I wouldn't have released this as my second single, that's for sure. I would, thought it was going to be Bedside Manners, because they've been playing Bedside Manners at everything that they've done. Mm. Um, I, from what we've heard on the live shows bedside manners is awesome that's a banger top to bottom love chris's vocal delivery in it i personally thought if they hadn't have done bedside manners it would be the duet with laney wilson because she's the hottest thing in country music right now whether you like country music or not she's the hottest thing going at this point and uh, fresh off a grammy of the year for country but anyway this is what they release it's not a bad song i love the beginning of it the acoustic finger picking. And I love kind of like how Chris is singing a little bit in the background. His vocal delivery is a little bit kind of muddled. I like that. I think it's really good. And then we kick in to the rest of the song. And I think it's one of the more unique Rich Robinson riffs. Uh, be interesting to see how they play this one live. It, it's a very, it's a very disjointed riff, but a cool riff. One of those things that I felt like only Rich could write. Mm. The verses are good. I love Chris's singing on it, and I think the lyrics are good. But then we get to the chorus, and uh don't like the drums in it. I, I'm I'm not a fan of the chorus, I'm going to be honest with you. And I kind of wonder how this one's going to translate live. Now, I think there's a way they could make it really good live with the vocals if you use the background singers a lot. And obviously, Sven is the secret weapon in that band when it comes to uh, singing. So as with a lot of things, I'm going to reserve a lot of judgment until I hear it live because I'm a big believer. If you can't play it live, don't record it. I I'm never going to be a person who goes, you should write a song with the intent of never playing it live. But don't put it on the album because if you can't record, if you can't record it and then play it, what good is it? It's the live setting where I judge bands. I'm going to hold off full judgment on it until I hear them play it live. But I, I, I don't like those drums during the course and i'm not a fan of the course the rest of the song i like i do like it how it you have this solo at the end and it just ends like boom it's over i like that and i don't knock any band for trying new things i i, I think that's great i mean I, I will tell you 
I'm I'm hoping the production on the other songs is a little bit more raw. I'm be honest with you. I know this is a Black Crows podcast. They're my favorite band. I love them. Love 95% of what they do, but the the production on it, hoping it's not like this way the rest of the um the album. I have faith that it's not gonna be, but anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I largely agree with what you're saying. To me, the chorus part, you know, with the I guess programmed drums would be the term. It's different. And I I applaud different a lot of the times because I like bands that take chances. And to be honest, as much as I liked the first single, it's straightforward rock and it's kind of more in the vein of that shaky moneymaker vibe. And as much as I liked the song, it had me a little concerned that maybe they were going to play it safe and stick to that kind of thing. Um, So it's nice to hear them kind of experimenting. It really, to me, reminds me of, because they've dabbled with that kind of program drums thing a little bit on lions and stuff and, and it goes back to something i said about the first single i hear elements of every other album in this new material that they keep putting out which i think is cool because i think it kind of it draws on everything from their past and it kind of so then it ultimately touches on something that any crows fan can find something to like about it because you know there are people that are lions is probably their favorite album or by your side is their favorite album you know the the underdogs they they appreciate that one the most, you know. So I I kind of think that that's cool, but yeah, I I do agree with you in in saying that I really would like to see how this is going to come across live, and I do judge most material of how it's played live as well. I'm I'm right in line with you on that one. I feel like there's a way they could work that chorus live and make it pretty funky, almost a little bit of like a halfway to everywhere vibe. I'm ninety nine percent sure that live it's going to be a, a a different animal. I mean, I think Licking's a lot better live than it is on the, the album. Yeah, I would agree here. with that. And there, that's, again, another kind of odd kind of riff that, that is uniquely Rich Robinson. So, I mean, this, this, this to me, this song falls in line with a lot of the qualities of Lions. So, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. But it does go against conventional wisdom that they release Wanting and Waiting. And then just two weeks later, Bedside Manor starts showing up wherever they're playing you would think that's going to be the next single. You would think so, but then I thought about that a little bit, and then it's almost like, you know, as fans, it's kind of cool because now we've gotten three new songs as opposed to two. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I would have had Bedside Manners be the lead one right off the bat. Maybe wanting and waiting, you know, who knows what the rest of the, the album's going to sound like, but maybe they're holding off on that duet until the week of. Look, part of this, it's a business. So part of the business is to sell albums. And when they release something with her name on it, the way she is right now, whether you like country music or not, and I'm not a big country music fan, everybody knows that, it's going to get a lot of press. She's huge. Pretty much everywhere I turn up on social media on some of the music sites, there's there's something popping up about her. So maybe they're holding off to the week before with that. I mean, that wouldn't be a bad move, but with her two weeks out from winning at Grammy for Country Album of the Year, I would have... I would have dropped it that next Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, commercially that, that would seem to make a lot of sense. I don't I don't know. I, I I'm like you, I don't really follow current country music. I it's to me it's just a country influenced kind of form of pop music, really. It's not country music. It's hair me. metal with a fiddle. Yeah, it's it's the, the lyrics are often very trite and uh you know, it's it's I, I have a few friends that are very big into into country music and so when they play the stuff, uh, a lot of it sounds the same to me you know there's not a lot of differentiation in that music on digital killed one time chris and i took modern country music lyrics printed them out and just read them 
<laughs> it's terrible. Like that Luke Bryan guy. He sounds like I, he sounds like Gomer Pyle. Go listen to him now. You'll never unhear it. Yeah, I never, I never really, you know, these names I know, but I never really followed the music. Please like just, g- just go print the lyrics. Just go print. I mean, it is. I, I'm telling you, man. Go to, just go get any Florida Georgia Line album. Print the lyrics out and just sit there. It's like reading a comic book. You're gonna laugh. Sounds very repetitive to me. Yeah, it does. But this single, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping live. It's a little bit different. Like I said, it's not bad. It's just not what I would have gone with. And heck, I haven't sold millions of records like they have, so they may may know know more about what they're doing than me. But I would have, I would have, if it's just trying to get eyes on you and ears on you, I would have gone with whatever this Lainey Wilson song is. Who knows? She may not be featured prominently on it. She just may be on it. But I, I kind of think it's if they're going to have her on there, it would probably be a duet. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to the trouble of mentioning the fact that she's on there, it seems like she would have a, a larger part in it. I mean, uh, you know, by contrast, Alison Krauss was on uh, Lost Boy, Mark Ford's song on Magpie's High Water too, but they really didn't make a big deal about that because she's not prominently featured on it, you know? You can't get over that song, can you? What? Lost Boy. Comes up all the time. When was the last time I brought up Lost Boy? You bring it up all the time on podcast. It's a good song. I'm just saying and you it bring fit it, what we were talking about. I'm just saying you bring it up all the time. You bring up Springsteen all the time. And I'm not all over you like like a cheap suit. I haven't mentioned Bruce Springsteen in months. I know because you've gotten a lot of flack. By the way, T- Tedeschi Trucks <laughs> covered uh, Atlantic City and State Trooper this weekend. Okay. So. Now now this is like when you see like in a uh, a factory number of days since we've had an accident now you have to set the tally back to zero because you just mentioned springsteen you're back to zero i'm just saying you have a thing about lost boy i do it's a good song and, it is uh, a good I'll song i'll stand by it and i'll mention it, it is as a good many song. times I i'm would. just saying you bring it up a lot it, it happened to what if Stephen steels covered it would you be able to handle it huh and if that's Steven's- another thing i know you're just again pushing buttons like you always like to but i'm not going to sit here and be ashamed that i like Stephen steels it's never going to happen i'm just saying he comes up a lot too. All right, that's it, David. I'm calling the lawyer, and we're going to start divorce proceedings here. I feel I'm being attacked. I came up with the name of the podcast, so it's intellectual property. <laughs> None of your properties should be deemed intellectual. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. I'll I'll try. I'll do my best to to rein in the Lost Boy talk. I didn't know I mentioned it that much. It really didn't. I'll give you Stephen Stills. I didn't know Lost Boy was in my uh, repertoire of things I constantly come back to. All right, so cross your fingers is the single. Do they release another one before the album comes out? I think they do. I I would totally agree, and uh, you know, along the lines of what you were just saying, I, I would, I would tend to think maybe they're holding back that Laney Wilson track as the single, like that kind of pushes the album. Hey, they are releasing a seven inch single for a record store day. Yes, of wanting and waiting, and then there's I forget the name of it's kind of a. Do you have the name of the song that's going to be on the, the B-side on it? Yes, because I, I thought it was kind of funny. It's uh, Morsels from Mongrels. Who do you think wrote that one? Yeah, Chris. And uh, What if it's like an instrumental? It might be. I just that, think the title's funny because that's exactly what that song is. It's a B-side on a 7-inch on a that everybody's going to climb around. It's Morsels for us Mongrels, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I remember the title. A 7-inch, would that just play on a regular record player, or do you have to have like an adapter? No, the difference between a 7-inch and a 45, essentially, is the 45 has the larger hole in it. A 7-inch has a standard spindle size hole, so it should play like a 33 RPM. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. This comes out on 420. Mm -hmm. 
I got a whole lot going on that day. Mm. Anybody can pick a copy of that up for me. I'll make it worth your time. Not even worth throwing out there, David. Not even worth throwing out there. Because I bring my wife with me to Record Store Day, so she can always get you a second copy of anything that you need. Well, I'm just saying, if if if, if somebody wants out there to get me one, I'll make it worth your time. I definitely, I'll pay you back mon- with money, but then we'll get you something else, too. What if I'm the one that gets it for you? What do I get? Well, that's just expected, Ian. You're my servant. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're so deserving of gifts. You know, you make fun of me all the time. Man. I mean, I may be able to be there, Rick. I don't know. It's just a lot going on that day. I think this is a big turn into an abusive relationship. I think that's what's going on here. I think I'm going to have PTSD after this, you know? Because you have to go get me a record? No, because you make fun of me all the time and shape publicly shame me. <laughs> Wait till you see your birthday present. I don't want to see it. You brought it up and I don't want to know what it is. You know, nothing was as good as the the video we put up on Patreon of you and uh, inter- introducing the Amorkins. Introducing the Amorkins, you mean the thing that you made me do that I uh, repeatedly said I didn't want to do it and then you don't turned like, into like, you don't the like worst public thing. speaking, do you? I just don't. I'm not big on being the center of attention. Go figure. I'm a host of a podcast that people listen to all the time. It doesn't bother me. I know it doesn't, David. And that's why you pushed me to, to do something that I didn't really want to do. And then it turned into a, a, an outright disaster. And look how happy gone. you are about it. I mean, that was like, what, three years ago, and I'm still laughing about it. Do you that's think that the fact banger. that that video of the Amorgans thing is on Patreon it would be an incentive for people to sign up? <laughs> I mean, it's great comedic value. And then what did we give away last night? We gave away three vinyl, a mystery pack, and a CD. Yeah, I was. Uh, I had originally set up to go live to to give out these things, and uh, but I was praying to the porcelain gods for a while, so you had to take over. And uh, as usual, I had to come out of the bullpen and get to save. That's right. You're like Charlie Sheen at the end of uh, Major League. They called in the wild thing. You know what I mean? Let's play them out with the cross your fingers, Ian. Thanks everybody for for joining us for this second edition of SOA Shorts. Hope you've been enjoying these so far, and we will see you next time, David. Stay tall, everybody. Why you always cry? Why you wanna cross your fingers while you hold my